All right. Welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm. I'm almost at episode 100. I don't know what we're at, but I know we're close. And I remember Russell Brunson always saying that when you reach episode 100, you finally find your voice. And I'm really hoping that it's that close, that I've almost found my voice. Because I don't doubt that I'm going to figure this out, how to podcast and what I should be podcasting about. I have so many friggin' ideas and so many things that I'm thinking about. And I just hope that by doing what I've done for so many other things, which is just keep showing up, keep fine-tuning, keep learning, that maybe it'll work. There's like so few people listening. And yet at the same time, I feel like feel like my voice is important that I'm supposed to be here I'm supposed to keep showing up so here we go I have a lot to say today I have probably too much to say today but I've been dragging my feet because I wanted to organize my thoughts in a way that I felt like I wasn't going to ramble and that I would be able to effectively use my throat chakra in a way that not only helps me be a better leader teacher, coach, and serves a purpose because uh, otherwise, why would I be here if it wasn't to serve a purpose, but also simultaneously helps you. Like the whole point is to showing up, whether I'm showing up on YouTube or the blog or a podcast or Instagram is to add value to somebody's life. Otherwise, like I'm pretty damn happy. Like I would just go live my life and do my thing I don't really need to be here, but there's part of me that wants to be here. Not just part, like most of me wants to be here. I want my voice to be heard to make a difference. I want that. I thrive off of those emails when people said to me like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I listened to that and now I took this step or I coach coach people and they're like, yeah, my anxiety has gone. My you know, health is so much better. I have so much more clarity. Ironically, it's really easy for me to clear people's anxiety. It's really hard for me to get people to clarity because it's a whole different um, programming. You know, for me to help somebody discover self-love, it's really easy. For me to get them to clear their mindset blocks and have clarity, that, that takes so much longer. And it's such a thing that I... Um, I don't want to say I, I don't struggle with it. I struggle with like figuring out how can I shortcut this for people? And maybe, you know, I look at myself as a failure because I can't shortcut it. I feel like I can shortcut clearing anxiety, but I can't quite shortcut how to achieve your purpose and live with clarity because there's no shortcutting maybe, you know, I look at my own kids and what I was going to talk about a little bit today. And I think, Oh man, it's because I didn't shortcut it with them. It's it's been a a long process called parenting, nurturing them, showing up every single day in a specific way to help them discover what their gifts and talents are, and then subtly helping them take the next step. That's what coaching really has to be. And unfortunately. For most people, that means showing up with me daily, and I know a lot of people can't budget that in, and so it's a longer process than um, maybe than I want it to be. I will. I like to see people and be like, "Oh man, you just need to do A, B, and C," and like you're there. But A, B, and C take a lot of um, inner work and shadow 
shadow work really. So what I wanted to talk about today is my own journey. My journey right now has been so intense, so front and center on a lot of things converging at once. And so one of the things you probably already know, unless this is if this is the first time you're listening to Defy the Norm podcast or hearing one of my monologues that go on forever, is that I'm a 36-9. You should know your numerology because I talk about it a lot. If you join Be the Hero, uh, Gabby and my mastermind group, uh, we talk a lot about numerology because I think it's the secret to, it is the shortcut to your purpose, to knowing what your purpose is, to identifying it, but it's not necessarily easy to live. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit. And that as a 36-9, I am here to share. My whole purpose in life is to share my journey and not necessarily solve your problems. Or Which is hard because as an Enneagram 8, I love to solve problems. I love to uh, overuse my Manipura and be like, what, what is the problem that we need to solve? What is the step we need to take? Let's just do it, rip the Band-Aid, and let's go. And I've realized over time that that's not always the way for everybody else's journey to be, um, to experience their journey. So as a 36-9, you have to work through three, which is expression and sensitivity, which is basically being able to step back and say, I feel this right now and it hurts my feelings or it scares me. And that's what I'm going to share with you guys today. And six, which is vision and acceptance, which is like, I see this in my future, but not everybody else is aligned with the same vision and future that I want. And so I accept that maybe I won't achieve all of that. And then nine, to show up with integrity and wisdom and hold certain lines, hold certain values, while also simultaneously share this duality of this is the wisdom I have from life experience and this is what this is what I'm going to do with it. So let's let's break that down in real in real terms because you're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Okay, I get it. Those are all like in theory great things, but let me just tell you how this is playing out in real person life, nomadic life. I don't think it matters if it's nomadic. In fact, if you're nomadic, it might not resonate. There are times when we travel that I don't have to deal with these struggles. But basically, it started with this. <laughs> Just sorry, how far back? I, okay, side note, before I, I'm going to leave you like on the on the edge of your seat with that one. But let me, let me uh, skip over for just a second. I was interviewed on a podcast that um, shoot, I can't even remember the name of the podcast right now, but I was interviewed on a podcast last week and she said like, so tell me your story. And I go always, whenever someone asks me, I'm like, so how far back do you want me to go? Being a starseed born on an earth that doesn't get me or like why I decided to sell stuff and live in an RV or why I'm having a mental and emotional breakdown right now. So let's start this with Let's start it at the beginning of 2022. So, you know, at that point, at the beginning of this year, we celebrated New Year's Eve 
or New Year's, yeah, New Year's Eve in Polson. Why were we in Polson? Why? Why? We're nomads. Why were we celebrating in a house with just our family? I have to tell you, looking back, it was like kind of good, but probably wrong. It would probably be the last time we ever celebrated New Year's in so much isolation. So we had this house in Polson that we got because my husband um, was working in San Diego and I refused to be in San Diego because my forward thinking brain was like, no, 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 it's gonna eventually be a smart city. I want nothing to do with the control grid. Get me out of here. And in 2020, I left and I told him I'm not going back. He was doing pretty good, felt like his head was above water, working in San Diego, because I'm sure you've heard on other podcasts how we were in Silverthorne, Colorado at one point, and everyone's hap- was happy except for him, and he went back to San Diego. And so we followed him back to San Diego. But that would be going back to another story. So beginning of 2022, we were in Polson, Montana, because when I left San Diego in May, on May 4th of 2020, and said I didn't want to go back. Um, well, it was actually, I, I did go back because I had to go get our fifth wheel at some point uh, later that summer. So when I went back in August of 2020, I was driving the fifth wheel to go live, to put it in South Dakota as kind of our home base or basically to live in it in South Dakota, my uncle had said, hey, we have a house for rent. And at that point, Victor was still running his business in San Diego, was fairly happy with that. And, but in his mind, he didn't like the idea of no, not having a rootedness. And so we were like, okay, this house, it's super cheap. We can rent it. It can be our home base. We can travel from there. And all the things that you know, we were worrying was going to happen that very well might still happen, but we're happening on a slower timeline than we were ready for. Seemed like it would be safety and security in this land in Polson. I don't regret that house at all. It was a great stepping stone. We had a lot of great stepping stones in our development over the years. And so we were in that house in Polson on New Year's, doing our own fireworks in the snow, burning our self-limiting beliefs because the girls had done such a great job of like, hey, let's do these rituals and let's burn our self-limiting beliefs and let's do all these things. And it was great, but it wasn't great because like, we need community. We needed people. And that is why after that, my girls felt really bummed out. Like they would struggle with depression and like, God, there's just no one around us. Like we have this house and it's, it's making my husband thrive because he felt, cause he had his own gym and he could see 360 degrees in every direction in case there was a riot and he could like, it was irrational fears, but it was serving a purpose for him. But at the same time, they weren't happy because they're like, there's no one our age and there's nothing to do. And I was always torn I've always been torn between trying to maintain some form of sanity in a marriage when one person needs stability and one person needs adventure, and then also simultaneously trying to provide what my kids need. And so in a way, when they were younger, it was easier. If I just provided adventure for them, then they felt a great amount of self-worth, of self-exploration. They didn't care missing out on prom or 
what he said or she said at a football game because they were doing epic things in Switzerland and France and New Zealand. And even if we were on like road trips, chasing adventure, it was okay. But all of a sudden to be in that space in Polson and literally feel frozen in time, frozen in self was really hard. So as we skied over you know, February and March. Actually, we just even left in February and went to go get the fifth wheel in Florida. And that was fun too. But as we skied in March, they knew like, okay, I love snowboarding mom, but like, this is it. When when snowboarding season's over, like I want to be in a town where there's human beings to talk to. And so long, long story short, they said, hey, in April, we want to live in Lander, Wyoming. Now for me, I was like, well, I'll go to Lander, but I got to go get the fifth wheel from Colorado. At that point, we had only taken it from Florida to Colorado. So I'm like, all right, I need to go get it in Colorado. I don't really need to stay in Lander. I don't care about climbing as much as they do, nor did I, I I don't have to feel this social aspect as much as they do. And so we left them there and wow, that was the start of like me having to realized that I was on this huge self journey, or I was about to start this huge self journey of who am I if my kids aren't around? More specifically, who am I without Gabby and Isabel? And even probably more what Isabel's even feeling is that there's like this, who am I without Gabby? Because Isabel's all, if, if Isabel's there, Gabby's there. And there were so many years where it was just me and Gabby surfing and Isabel would sit on the beach But that's going to be one that I'm going to have to do on another day and talk about what that kind of dynamic has been like and how it's so, so hard, but yet so um, it's it's formed us in so many different ways. And so I was in Canyon City, you know, we broke down there for a while. And so I thought, oh, it's just going to be a week without my girls. And then I get stuck there for three weeks and, and they start having a life without me. That was really hard for me like really, really hard for me, which everybody who knows me was like, oh, well, we just knew it was coming, which I knew it was coming too. Y'all know it's coming, myself included. But when it comes, you still have to be like, oh, dang, it still hurts. It's just like, you know, if the economy cra- cla- uh, crashes and we're bartering with silver for meat, whatever, it's, it's like, okay, like I know it'll be coming, but will that moment, if it comes... I'll be like, wow, it's a little harder than I thought it was going to be. So we end up in Canyon City and Danny's still with us, which is awesome because Danny is a most amazing brother to Dry and Tati. And he provides something that I don't provide as well. But our, our adventure was different. You know, it was, it was kind of nice for me in some ways because I could kind of do more chill adventures with Dry and Tati during the day while Victor and Danny worked. And it was also nice because I didn't have, normally I'd have this default mode of like, oh, well, I'm just hanging out with Gabby and Isabel. So I don't really have to, I didn't need as much from Victor. But all of a sudden Gabby and Isabel are gone and they're not in the picture and they're not in my day. And I have that chill adventure with Dry and Tati. All of a sudden, I'm expecting that my seven wing, my maverick, wants to come out. I'm like, all right, Victor. I'm like, I did chill with Dry and Tati. Now I need to do epic with you. Or now I need to do more intensity with you. And Victor's not that person. 
he's more, he's the one who has to be the chill. So I noticed my personality have that, that there was this gray space, this empty space of like, well, who do I do? Who do I go have fun with right now? Like Jariah kind of can, and I would try like some days to be, but he's already type seven. And I don't doubt that like another year or two that him and I are just like, he's going to end up replacing that role that Gabby played with me for so long. But then I'll still have to do that transition at some point. Like Jariah is going to have his own life. And then I'm going to have to sit back and be like, well, my body might not even be ready to do that at that time, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point being right now, it's such a, I think it's such a great growth space for me to have that in my face right now and say like, huh, who am I without my adventure buddies? Do I need a new adventure buddy? Am I, who am I if I don't have an adventure buddy? Like there's this, there's definitely this like space that I'm not going to be able to very well describe to you guys quite now, but I'm allowing my type eight to be vulnerable and just expressing that like, I'm, I'm super aware of it. There is this part of me that's like, what do I want? What do I need? Then to top it off. So we eventually got back to the girls and in Lander, and there was this space like where, where they were different. And I kind of had a little bit of a trouble with like, okay, is it my ego's like just saying this because I feel left out? Is my, or is it like true mama bear? Like I want to protect them because there was, it was, it was just different. I want to like say it was bad, good. It just was different. And so our family had a lot of like deep conversations about values because you know as Gabby and I talk about being be the hero um, you know values are everything and making sure you're aligned to an intrinsic value was really important but it seemed like they were driven towards an extrinsic value something simple like um, normally I have this rule of five right five minutes five hours five days like when I say hey let's go we go but all of a sudden other people were pulling those strings and it was hard for me because I'm like wait wait you guys are like you guys are like changing plans because of what your friends want to do and I'm not okay with that because that's extrinsically driven however I was the one that was calling the shots and changing the plans at the last minute and then that was okay and I would catch my um that duality at play there that it's like, oh, it's okay if it's from me changing, but all of a sudden, if I have to adapt to your friend's rule of five, then I'm not so good with that. And in the end, what I had to do was like, I had to take myself out of the equation. I had to decide like, you guys are being safe. Are you being responsible? Are you, you know, making good decisions? And then I had to realize like, look, it's not going to be, I'm not, I'm not okay with adapting in that situation as the mom to Jirai and Tati, I absolutely am okay with that. I have my rule of five with them still. Five minutes, five hours, you better be ready. And that's okay in that situation. But if if my expectation, and this is a really, I, I think this is what saves our family and keeps our family dynamics thriving, is that we had to be, we are always self-accountable to our expectation. So if my expectation is to be included then that means I better be okay with their five minute, five, five hours, whatever, changing plans because that's what their friends want to do. Or, which that was not okay, but that was not my expectation. 
then I had to switch my expectation to being okay doing things by myself. And I'm much happier. It took me a couple of weeks to realize like, no, no, no. I would rather maintain my type eight control, the value of um, being able to feel like I'm in control of my day, in control of my schedule. I would much rather be that and then just accept that that means that I'm going to be left out of a lot of adventures and I might miss out on some fun. That was really hard for me. Lots of tears were shed over me missing out on fun, which seems weird for a 45-year-old person to be like, I'm going to miss out on fun. But FOMO is a massive, it was a hard thing for me to, um, to let go of. But I had to like step back and go, well, I value being in control of my day, of my schedule, of what I'm doing more than the possibility of missing out. And so like currently while I'm recording this, it was a really big deal because the girls went to 10 sleep just for a couple days to go rock climb. And normally I'd be like, oh, I don't want to miss out. But I just said, you know what? I really need some like downtime. I don't want to have pressure on myself that I have to keep up or be on your schedule. Or like, I don't like to stay at the rock wall for eight or 10 hours. I like to go rock climb for two or three hours and call it a day and then work and do other things. So I'm like, you know what? I was pretty proud of myself that I decided to stay back today and I had an amazing day. And because of it, I finally had enough motivation and inspiration to sit here and finally record a podcast again because uh, we had to redo our pod bean for the podcast and the charge went through and I looked at Gabby and I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And I thought, well, do I want to pull the plug? Do I want to dump all the podcasts and just let it go into the wasteland of dreams and aspirations that are not going to go to fruition? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try again. I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to show up as my authentic self with the intention that like, I really truly do believe that I'm here to lead people towards finding their higher self, to teach them how to let go of those things that are holding them back, those little self-limiting beliefs, to reprogram their brain from all the stuff they were told that they were supposed to do and align with what their heart really does want to do. And for me, part of that is showing up on a podcast and sharing my story to inspire you to either live your story, just go do it. I mean, I give you the, I'm giving you the hacks, go do it on your own, be inspired, or let me help you with it. Either way, either way, I still love you, but it's, it really, uh, I guess on top of it, one more level of, no, actually two more. So one more level of all of that is that besides me throwing my, that was my Scorpio right there, you guys, all my temper tantrums, like, (sighs) They're leaving me behind. I'm never going to be part of the cool club. And learning to step into like, what do I need? What is important to me? My, is it, am I supposed to be like, uh, oh, on top of it, you guys, my birthday's next week. And so my ascending is Leo. So all of this new moon energy, first of all, is happening in my 12th house of my subconscious and like sitting in the space of like, what is important to me? What do I what does my inner child need? What does my, what do I need to nurture myself? How can I mother myself right now? Um, So that's really powerful happening. And then on top of it, for my numerology years, this is my, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this. I'm sure I have in, in our membership, but 
every nine years you restart a cycle in numerology. So I'm on the end. This is the last week of my ninth year of this cycle. And it's funny to think about like what I've done in the last nine year has, years has literally been all about rediscovering myself and a sense of adventure. And I probably will go into another podcast all about just this because if I go nine years back, that was two, that was when we moved into the K's into the house on the beach. And that's when I chose like not, no more safety is security, financially responsible decisions. It was all about how can I discover who I am? How can I do things, whether it's surfing or rock climber or travel or, or just like not working and just have time to figure out who I am. I have a really good grasp of that right now. I'm like, I have done all that. Now it's, now it's on the sense of leadership. Now it's like, how can I take my skill set and make a difference in the world? I don't think it's, it's not ironic at all that um, we're, you know, the planet's going through this shift at this time. And it just so happened too that uh, there's a lady, I wish I remembered her name, but she's doing a new earth leadership workshop for, for 21 days. And so every day, every single day, I go to the gym here in Lander and I sit there and I stretch for the hour, hour and a half to listen to her interview people on this, this, um, all about like, what does it take to be a leader in the new earth? And, you know, I think a lot of people, if you resonate with me, that's because you too need to be a leader. You too want to be a leader. You see part of, it's not because you need me necessarily. I mean, you might also need that, but you also want, like I listen to the leadership and I listen to those people and I go, well, they could all help push me and lead me, but they're also speaking to me to like call out my leadership qualities. And so there's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you're also that type of person who is like, I just need to hear the right sign to step into my own leadership qualities and make a difference. And so I've been listening to to that for the last week. I think there's two more weeks left in it. And it's really, it's really amazing how, it's really amazing seeing our consciousness at work. Like I, I watch myself drive through Lander because Gabby and Isabel are really happy here. So much happy here or so happy here that they, you know, we're having family discussions about like, hey, should Danny look for a job here? Because he he wants to be rooted somewhere. And he basically sat down with them last night and said, I need to know if you guys are planning on being here more or less than six months out of the year. If you're going to tell me you're going to be here more than six months out of the year, then I'll look for a job here and work on getting a house here. Because, you know, naturally he wants, he's going to be 23 next month. He wants to start working towards a career in his own house and all of those things that are the norm that I'm super accepting of because he doesn't have to defy the norm. He already has. Um, he can go that route. And then Victor too, like Victor is so much, he, he just loves that the RV does not change campsites. He loves that he can run 0.8 miles to the gym and get a workout in and then run 0.8 back and he can do that between clients and like Tatiana I have her signed up for gymnastics she goes twice a week she loves it like we're almost the norm again here um but Jerry and I are a little antsy but we'll figure that out anyways everybody is so happy and so I like drive through just body compassing everything like is this like is this home? Is this, is that what I want? Do I want a home again? 
like what would what would that feel like can i see myself living here five years from now do i um do i want to see my kids have kids here and like i'm going to keep you in suspense i'm not going to answer that yet but it's it's interesting to listen (laughs) got a lot of dualities going on at the same time it's interesting to listen to a leadership conference about new earth which i personally completely believe that we will achieve a new or a new version of earth it will not be like this and i do not think that it's going to be just smart cities and human 2.0 in the future although i do think that will probably coexist in some aspect but i do think consciousness will will win and that we do evolve as humanity and that we do tap into that inner knowingness and so for me Anytime I look at the map of consciousness, I always think about how much my reasoning brain wants to take over all the time. Like, I just want to go to logic and reason and facts and data and like, I'm neutral. I like neutrality is okay, but I want to analyze the neutrality. And, you know, if you have read Dr. Stephen Hawkins um, or David Hawkins book, um, Map of Consciousness, you'll know it talks about after that is love. And really really like what that means for me to step into that space of love is complete trust and abandonment of fear and the ego. And that's not to say I can maintain that for a long time. But like when I sit back and go, okay, well, what do I need? I have this feelings of FOMO. My girls are doing this and I feel left out and I'm so bored. I have no one to adventure with. And my ego's throwing this like whole temper tantrum. I have to step back and like, I really love my kids and my kids need to thrive. And so that means I have to let go of fear that they're going to get hurt, fear that they're going to leave me, fear that, um, that I'm making the wrong decision, that I'm not protecting them. You have to let go of all of those and just trust, trust. I'm like, I don't even need to say what to trust it. You have like, it's the only way. And it's harder, way harder for me to do it with my husband because the, the relationship, you know, that you have with your spouse, I think it's just so different than you end up having with your kids. But when I, I try to look at my husband sometimes with the same empathy and compassion that I would look at my sons, like I know it's going to be hard for them to, to figure out their place in life and to, to have that career and to, to juggle the cost of living and to maintain their own health and mindfulness while simultaneously trying to become this provider for their own families one day. And I think as a wife, and I work with a lot of wives, some of you are listening, I bet, that like, hey, we we have this expectation that our husbands should just figure it out, that they should just know, that they should just be strong providers and maintain their mindfulness and their emotional balance and their health and their abs at the same time. And it's like, I catch it. I catch it. Why do I expect that out of my husband? But my my sons, I'm so much more empathetic or sympathetic. Um, I don't know. Like then I step back and I think like, oh, well, it's because of my own fears. It's my own fears that I might get hurt. I might have loss in my future. I might not be capable myself. And so we throw in these expectations. So expectations is a big part of what we start with, with be the hero, because it's what we expect, you know, we're really, it's what we're expecting and not realizing that we're expecting that's causing us so much suffering, right? When I get upset, like, oh, you guys left me, you went climbing with your friends and I'm not important. 
I have to check, like, do I really expect them to only climb with me? Of course not. But there's that moment subconsciously that I probably am thinking that. And, and so I have to step back and go, well, what do I really expect their future to look like? And when we can uh, start to look at it from a little different perspective and like really lead with love and try to let go of those fears and trust more. Um, I don't know. It gets a little easier. I'm not going to pretend that it's always easy. But, all right. Danny has a new job that I'll tell you about another time. And so I have to go be the guinea pig for the phone call right now. So I'm going to check out right now. Uh, Robin at Nomads with a Purpose is my email. You know, if any of this resonates because I'm turning over a new leaf, being more vulnerable, not teaching, just sharing my stories. If you want to drop me a line and just say, yes, I love that. I love it this way. Keep doing it. I could use some positive affirmation right now. Okay. Have a good day.